This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. Hi, I'm Rakesh Kamal, editor of Climate Emergency Podcast and host of this episode. In this episode, I speak with Aditi Tandon, with whom I also spoke in an earlier episode of this series on global north-south divide and spread of climate misinformation. In this episode, I and Aditi discuss greenwashing and its role in climate misinformation. As greenwashing can make it difficult for consumers to make informed choices about the products they buy, and it can also give companies a free pass to pollute the environment. So, to begin with, I asked Raditi to introduce herself. Hi, thank you Rakesh for having me here. My name is Aditi Tandan. Uh, I work as a production editor with Mongabay India, which is an environment and conservation news portal. I'm also a fact-checking trainer with the Google News Initiative India Training Network. And over the past couple of years, I've been focusing on uh, tracking, reporting on and training on climate misinformation. So what is greenwashing and uh, you know how does it relate uh, in Indian context? So greenwashing is basically uh, exaggerated or misleading environmental claims about something. Uh, it's a play on the word whitewashing, which refers to concealing information. And if you go by the dictionary definition and it was introduced in the dictionary only last year, uh, the word greenwashing. Uh, so by that, greenwashing is the practice of making products, activities or policies seem more environmentally friendly or less environmentally damaging than they actually are. And uh, the most common use of this term is uh, it refers to deceptive marketing and advertising tactics to deceive consumers into believing that a particular product is environmentally friendly when in fact it may not be so. So uh, just so that, you know, can you like maybe give a few examples on what greenwashing, uh, you know, what greenwashing companies have done or uh, maybe companies, individuals or you know, governments. <laughs> so if you can give a few examples, that would probably help us understand it a little bit better. So one of uh, the most common examples of greenwashing that I've observed uh, in India particularly are uh, these false solutions to plastic pollution. And uh, this is especially the case when uh, there's a plastic ban declared in certain states or in, in the country. Lots of uh, companies specifically jump on the bandwagon to falsely portray that they are taking action on plastic pollution. So I'll give an example uh, to illustrate that. So paper cups, for example, are portrayed to be better than plastic cups. But this may not always be the case because paper cups are often lined with plastic and then that fused material makes it harder to recycle. And in that case, a plastic cup is just better to recycle. And uh, there's also compostable plastic bags. That's another common greenwashing related product because it makes you think that you're buying some sort of eco-friendly plastic bag, which you can dump into the composter at home and it'll all go back into the soil. Uh, but first of all, not that many people have composters at home. But the fine print on these compostable plastic bags is that they can only be composted in industrial composters. So if you're not taking these bags to an industrial composter, it's as good as just using a regular plastic bag. 
So these solutions to plastic pollution, I think, are often misleading and the examples of uh, greenwashing. And another one, which is uh, not always corporate greenwashing because governments and individuals also engage in this, is uh, planting trees. So in India, we talk about tree plantation as a silver bullet for all our environmental problems. Uh, but while trees are important carbon sinks, they do have a whole lot of benefits. But ill-planned and uh, unscientific tree plantation drives can, in fact, be bad for the environment and the local biodiversity. And this is something that's quite common in India. Sometimes it's just unintentional and because of lack of knowledge. But often it's done intentionally by companies and groups to kind of hide the unsustainable activities by compensating with tree plantation. And this does amount to some extent to greenwashing. I mean, uh, this is also in terms of, you know, an individual's, uh, like you said, product or uh, companies doing greenwashing on large scale using tree plantations. Uh, can you also probably think of any other example of like, you know, something that strikes me uh, that, you know, uh, I would like to bring up is fossil fuel companies trying to greenwash. Uh, that is something that, uh, I mean, I can, uh, bothers me quite a lot, to be honest. Uh, I have seen, for example, uh, recently uh, I was in Delhi and uh, a metro was completely colored green. Uh, by a major fossil fuel company and uh, they claim to be uh, green doing sustainable initiatives. I was thinking that maybe their you know uh, whole budget of green goes off in you know, just paintings. <laughs> so uh, you know what do we what do you think of these? What's your opinion on fossil fuel companies portraying a greener image now, uh, like solar or? that you know how every marathon in the country right now is more or less supported by fossil fuel companies because it is also a form of greenwashing they're probably not doing any green activity but you know uh, health right when you talk about marathons it's health uh, when you talk about solar it is like saying we are producing pollution but uh, a company uh, for example i mean what percentage of a company uh, you know i mean they're probably not even using 0.1% of their company to doing green activities but their advertising campaigns are probably 50% on no greenwashing the image. Uh, what's your opinion? Exactly. So, like you said, uh, I mean, when someone invests more in advertising or marketing their supposed green actions versus the actual actions that they are taking, that is uh, blatantly greenwashing. And yes, there are. I mean, fossil fuel companies, oil companies, these are known to do, uh, do greenwashing because there is, I think. A lot of awareness around the world now, even among individual consumers, about the impacts of fossil fuels on uh, climate change. And there is a lot of push to reduce fossil fuels. And of course, I mean, if their whole uh, kind of in the, if the whole industry, their revenue depends on your perception of them, they are going to do whatever it takes to uh, make sure you continue buying their products or continue uh, opting for their services so it's it does exist and i think it just needs awareness among consumers to spot that and of course the most common ways of uh, greenwashing is uh, the colors that are used like green and brown and earthy colors uh, you know the the terms that are used like green by itself that is a term that everyone uses but 
what is green what is actually what are you actually doing that is green the, those questions are not often asked and they are kind of concealed and that is outright greenwashing uh, just sort of curious are there any guidelines or legislations in terms of making these industries not greenwash just by using the word green uh, there is something called green diesel that is available in the market right now <laughs> there is there is no way that diesel is green but uh, are there any you know regulations or any guidelines as such uh, to make sure this doesn't happen so i mean as a uh, industry uh, the there's no such guideline on like don't you can't do greenwashing because that what constitutes greenwashing obviously is also a little broad vague but uh, overall there is uh, you know the consumer protection act of 2019 and uh, which does not allow unfair trade practice uh, so greenwashing in a way comes under that and there's also the advertising standards council of india the asci uh, which is a self regulatory body body and that monitors advertising and that has set up guidelines for green advertising which states that uh, Uh, when you're advertising about green products it should be truthful accurate not exaggerated uh, you know the consumer protection act prohibits false and misleading claims about environmental benefits of a product or service so these standards do exist uh, i don't know how well they are implemented and also since some of this is like asci is a self regulatory body um, i mean who is Put, uh, you know asking these companies that you know how far is your advertising true who's doing the checks uh, that's a question but there are uh, trade standards there are advertising standards that do exist and also more recently uh, sebi the security and exchanges board of india came out with a circular which uh, in february 2023 so it uh, outlines the criteria uh for green debt securities uh the criteria that they should follow to avoid greenwashing so it as blatantly as uh it states do's and don'ts related to green debt securities to avoid occurrences of greenwashing so they have also put out guidelines so i think there do exist norms and guidelines in different ways in different uh, uh you know In, especially for uh, corporates for people in climate finance uh, how far they are being implemented what is the uh, kind of what happens if you don't follow these that part is not completely uh, clear and i think that's how companies corporate specifically are getting by so uh, are there any specific industries or sectors that are more prone to greenwashing so I'll answer this by first saying why does corporate greenwashing happen? Uh, you know, so usually it's for improving brand value when you know that your product or service itself will not be uh, as attractive as or as sustainable. Uh, you know, it also is uh, companies want to target environmentally conscious consumers who otherwise may not go for your product or service, and of course for making more money by selling things at a premium. or simply there's a lack of accountability or there's a lack of incentive to be accountable and these are the reasons why greenwashing happens in the first place and now i mean based on this 
money and brand value is something that you get from greenwashing so it is the bigger companies mostly multinationals across sectors that have been uh, accused of engaging in greenwashing so they are the ones who have the most money to invest in it also and have the most to lose or gain uh, from this also so it would be uh, companies which are uh, engaged in uh, uh, you know or, i mean which are based across the world uh, engaged in a variety of consumer goods uh, fossil fuels of course and other sectors as well but uh, aside from corporates i think um, you know it's important to mention that also governments uh, events have been accused of greenwashing even policies for example uh, such as carbon offsetting that's a policy that is sometimes claimed to be a greenwashing tactic uh, to avoid uh, real emission cuts so a policy it also can be greenwashing and uh, you know so while there's uh, of course corporates there's governments there's ev- uh, events there's policies that are engaging in greenwashing it is the advertising marketing pr and media industry that carries all these messages so that's the channel for carrying these greenwashing messages so i would say it's greenwashing happens through a mix of sectors and industries and entities that all work together to contribute to this greenwashing ecosystem when as you mentioned i was reading just recently that last week the government announced you know notified a uh, green credit program so see uh, how much of it really makes action happen no so green credits carbon offsetting all of this is considered uh, in in some sectors a greenwashing tactic because uh, often the offsetting happens in a place i mean often it kind of gives a uh, f- kind of a free hand to the corporate to continue emissions while cutting emissions somewhere else in the world and that somehow doesn't match up usually that's why it's called a greenwashing tactic but uh, let's say nothing is done to stop greenwashing uh, if the like you said you know right now we have guidelines but implementation of it is a challenge uh, if this continues what are some of the long term consequences of greenwashing so since the goal of uh, corporate greenwashing is to mislead people so people do get misled and over time they may land up favoring a certain brand because they are fooled by these misleading actions they may land up spending more money on a product thinking it's an eco-friendly product and sometimes they may even feel like wow i've done something for the planet and this is a false sense of satisfaction and over time what happens is once people are falsely content with something that they think they have done which is good for the environment uh they may not actually take action which does make a difference so in the long term it actually stops uh, uh climate ac- real climate action because you think you're doing something else which is actually not real climate action and uh you know worse is when people think they're doing something good for the environment but actually the steps they're taking it turns out to be bad for the environment you know like the example i mentioned previously like uh, you know switching to compostable plastic bags which you can't really compost at home uh you know you feel like you've done your bit by using these compostable bags but you're just leaving behind more plastic because you are not really composting these bags so it you're actually 
becoming part of the problem sorry so that is where consumers who are kind of uh, i would say victims of greenwashing they continue to unintentionally support such businesses and as long as there is a you know a lucrative uh, as long as it is lucrative to do this businesses will continue greenwashing and harming the environment in the process so that is one long term uh, issue but the other side is when greenwashing is exposed so this is for individual customers you know when we realized that in our eagerness to be part of a solution we landed up becoming part of the problem and when we realize this it erodes our trust uh, in sustainability particularly and because we are confused we have a lack of trust when we see this green messaging around us our engagement with sustainability reduces you know we become more skeptical and over time these things impact the overall movement towards sustainability and the progress towards you know sustainability goals and while this is at an individual level on a larger scale i think when governments or companies propose misleading climate solutions which may be unscientific or if there's low level of expertise while planning them there can have there can be long term environmental impacts so there is um, this term called maladaptation and there has been evidence of maladaptation which means that climate actions that in fact have adverse outcomes because something has gone wrong in while taking this solution and usually it's because there is it's unscientific you know so there is a piece by uh, sahana ghosh in mongabe india on the ipcc report in 2022 where she quotes a scientist saying that ill planned and unscientific tree plantation programs can be dangerous if you start planting trees along the coastline because there's space available you change the habitat of this coastline and convert a beach to a forest and this can have dangerous consequences biodiversity this is what the scientist says and uh, this i would say these are just some of the ways that long term greenwashing can have an impact you know corporates kind of seem to want to do at least uh, something for the environment there are uh, lot of corporates which are coming with uh, their reports sustainability reports the esg reports environment sustainability and governments uh, they seem to be doing a lot of it right do you think there are some success stories or uh, of corporates which probably did greenwashing and are now genuinely trying to do sustainable practices also because it is good business but uh, also you know it's not uh, don't necessarily have to do greenwashing when you can genuinely practice sustainability right right so i mean i would say uh, genuine companies practicing sustainability do exist uh, they are there are a lot of them i don't know if any companies that have transitioned really like if you uh, you know from greenwashing to non greenwashing i don't know of companies that have done this transition because if you had to resort to investing your time and money in greenwashing in the first place it means your product or processes or policy or services are in fact not sustainable so mm. uh, you know so companies that have engaged heavily in greenwashing i doubt i mean they may stop doing it but i doubt they would uh, you know completely go to the other side um, i i don't know of any such examples yet uh, but 
there are companies that are genuinely sustainable and are genuinely eco-friendly and green and everything um that do exist the problem with greenwashing is that there's so much uh, information around us about it that we are often confused and we like with misinformation of any kind uh it blocks access to the correct information for consumers so that is what is happening with greenwashing thank you for listening to climate check mini series on climate emergency podcast like they say it takes a village to raise a child this series has been in plan for almost a year but has been finally been made possible with a grant support from check global independent media response fund imrf by meedan many people have come forward to make this happen thanks to rakesh reddy mayank agarwal and aditi tandan for talking to me on the podcast and also helping me in designing the series Special thanks to Sneha Richarya our environment reporter at Snow India for the research work she's put in Padma Priya and Menaka for editorial support and Tarun Nirwan and Sumitra Raghavan for digital support thank you this is your host Rakesh Kamal signing off